Hola, ladies and germs. We are back for another edition of the World Studies Pod Class, making sense of the algorithm of the world. I'm your teacher, Mr. Stevenson. Take a seat. Make sure you're in the right class. All that fun stuff. I would assume you are if you're already listening to this. We are in unit one, and that unit is culture. And it's been a lot of more conceptual things, and the discussion's really been, what is culture? We're trying to like make sense of what culture is, why culture happens, and how culture influences you and impacts your personal life, and how you can navigate your own circumstances, I suppose, to live perhaps a more fulfilling life. Like One of the goals that I have when teaching is to help students understand the universe and the way in which the universe works. That's like the algorithm. And then the second, probably more important part, but you need to understand the universe first, is what is their place in it? So how does the universe work? So if it's like uh, swimming, right? You got to understand the tide. You're far better. If I want to get to point B and I want to navigate through life, for instance, and I'm swimming, I'm better off figuring out how the tide's moving rather than just mindlessly just swimming to point B and like, and you're just constantly getting pushed to the left, pushed to the right, experiencing resistance, understand the tide, understand the wind, and then act. It's the same thing for the universe, right? It's like figure out the laws of the universe, the algorithm, how humans behave, why culture happens, cultural norms, taboo, why you are the way you are, influenced by culture, And then think about like, okay, what does this mean for me? And how can I then find my place in the universe and experience minimal resistance and live a more fulfilling life? We're figuring out what it means to be human. Individually, collectively. And again, that's part of the universe. It's like the human geography versus the physical geography. We're going to get into more physical geography. We get into like industrialization. But right now, we're trying to make sense of humans. That's the culture unit. Part of being human and what humans do is, and I'm going to use the word invent, and hopefully that doesn't trigger you, but we invent religions. We come up with things because even if you are religious, then that means like you have identified with one, and then that pretty much implies that like the others are all wrong. So like you're gonna say that like all those others were invented no maybe try not to offend you again i side note i am a part of a religion so i don't know if that what that says about me you might be like oh what and like turn off the podcast do what you want but we're gonna get into today what is religion and then a little bit of discussion as to why religion occurs like what does it look like And then for the next four weeks after this, we're going to look at uh, four major religions in the world and not like to convert anyone to anything, but more so what can we learn from those religions? And it's going to be Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. And what I've also learned is (laughs) religion's complicated. Let's get into it.
This is complicated. But what is religion? Are you religious? Are you aware of the other religions around the world? And if you were to even ask that question, and this is where I realized it gets complicated. If you were to ask that question to some people around the world, they wouldn't really even know what you're talking about when you say like, what is your religion? That's from what I have read. And again, I am a, almost like a master of none. I am a social studies teacher that does a lot of research. I am well-versed in how to teach. I'm not an expert in any topic. So like, this is things that I've learned. I've checked my resources or my sources. Um, you know, I'm not just like looking at some 12 year old vlog about religion. I'm looking at like universities, kind of like curriculum. And from what I'm seeing, this whole like religion <laughs> concept is kind of a Western thing. So the definition of religion is, and there are multiple, but a set of beliefs and practices pertaining to sacred things that unite people into a moral community. And then I have in all caps, this seems complicated. I got a quote from Perspectives, an open invitation to cultural anthropology, a book, um, and it says, the word religion, which is commonly used in the United States to refer to participation in a distinct form of faith, such as, such as Christianity, Islam, or Judaism, is not a universally recognized idea. Many cultures have no word for religion at all, and many societies do not take a clear distinction between beliefs or practices that are religious or spiritual and other habits that are an ordinary part of daily life. So, this concept of, like, we're going to talk about religions and religions around the world, some people around the world, like, won't even view this as religion, right? This is kind of like a Western perspective, a lens of, like, how we understand people and the definition that we're going to go off of, and we're going to look at, like, early human history, and then we're going to look at, like, what makes up a religion, um, a set of beliefs and practices pertaining to a sacred things that unite people into a moral community. That really, even in my opinion, like opens up the door to, well, like, could it be a cult? Why is it a cult and not a religion? Are all religions cults? Really opens up the door. Uh, I Perhaps the word sacred, but like, if it's sacred to someone, then is it, is it a religion? Like if I have a, if I develop a devout ritualistic experience with, let's say a spoon, which is the first thing that pops in my mind, but like all of a sudden this spoon becomes sacred to me and like I wake up and I worship the spoon and I have like rituals where I celebrate the spoon and it's sacred, like does that make it a religion? Do I need a god or gods? or deities, or spirits, right? And what I'm most interested in, I really am not trying to like get into the nitty gritty details of like, this is a religion, this isn't, because that doesn't seem fun to me. If that seems fun to you, cool, hit me up. You can do a podcast episode on that and we'll post up on those who wonder as long as it's like legit and follows the process. For me, I'm interested in what does 
the fact that humans invent religion, like what does that say about us? And like, where does religion fit into culture? And as I said, in the next few weeks, I'm going to do more so like mini lessons, but I don't know how long they're going to take. We're going to look at like Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, Islam. What can we learn from them? Because there is wisdom in a lot of religions. There are a few theories as to why religion even exists in the first place. Like if you want to get all like super technical and you're like, it's a total invention, then that means like humans just make it up. Like that's just part of being human. It's somewhere in our brain that either early humans did it and we just like keep passing it on because that's kind of what culture is. You just pass on traditions and norms and rituals and all that stuff. Like perhaps, and again, some people believe like part of being human is making up this concept of God. I don't know if other animals like have this concept of God. I don't, that would be interesting, right? If like dolphins had a dolphin God, I don't know. But humans are fairly superstitious superstitious creatures. Say that a lot. And like most, if not all cultures you go to, at least in their origins, humans create superstitious, whoa, beliefs about the world around them. A few theories as to why. Um, There's one, it's like called baseball magic. And this guy's pointing out that like baseball players, for instance, have rituals related to how they eat, dress, and even drive to the ballpark. And it's supposed to like give them good luck. And it's this feeling that like having these rituals reduces anxiety in a world where nature don't care about your feelings and so creating this like ritualistic approach to life reduces anxiety and like almost creates order if we have these rituals that we perform like they anthropologists were looking at a lot of um island cultures and when they go on long voyages with these canoes like the longer the voyage the more likely they are to do these rituals and they're saying like they do that because like they think perhaps this will bring us luck. It reduces anxiety and you need like the confidence to go do these things. You also have rituals in the sense of like earlier humans would perform like sacrifice or rituals in order to like try to get a good harvest. Um, like the Aztecs would perform sacrifices to please the gods. You're doing that. Like I don't think any farmer is doing that now at least in the United States. Earlier humans did do that. And it was to reduce anxiety of like such a chaotic world. Like you don't know when the flood's going to happen. You don't know when the drought's going to happen. You are, you and everyone is dependent on that crop growing. If we can create rituals that we feel will bring us better luck, that reduces anxiety and at least helps us. And like, again, Maybe that's part of being human. We do that. That's just like something that we do. Like, because it's not like the guy's pointing out baseball players, even fans do this. And like, the question is, why do you do that? Like, do you legit believe? Because that's superstitious. I got to say the word slowly now. And do you legit believe that 
by performing the same ritual, as in like putting on your shoes in the same order and like every driving to the ballpark, all that stuff, or like fans do it, like wearing the lucky shirt, whatever, that that's going to shift the uh, story of the universe, as in if you did not do that, that things wouldn't happen. What is that saying? If you think that the world is just totally random and everything is random and kind of pointless, I guess, like nihilistic, rituals has no place or rituals have no place in life. Because if you perform the ritual or not, that doesn't change anything. If you are not superstitious, I guess. But some humans are. Maybe, again, maybe it's the anxiety, like the feeling of, and I'm not even saying that it's right, but the feeling of this is all, we are just a, like a rock flying through space. Like that creates discomfort of like chaos. Like at any point, this could all end, right? Like a huge comet could just come flying through. Like we could get sucked up by a black hole that like creates anxiety. And think of, and I'm going to talk a little bit about early humans, but like you, we currently are living a fairly protected life. Like think about how scary the early world was for humans when like you were out in the wilderness at dark, hopefully like being protected, but like you never know if hyenas are walking up on you. Like you could try to survive, but like it's a very dark, scary world out there because nature don't care about your feelings. So creating that narrative uh, another one was created by Karl Marx and he famously said religion is the opium of the people. And I always thought that was like kind of going with the reduce anxiety thing of like, it's just a way to numb the impending feeling that this is all random and chaotic. Um, so we create a story, a narrative. But apparently he was saying um, that it was a way of thinking that attempts to justify inequalities in power and status. And that's fair. I mean, look at the Protestant Reformation and look at Europe and feudalism. Like the church was the power of authority. And so religion, a lot of times is used to control. Like God decided who was king. And if you believe in God, you can't argue with that then. The psychologist Sigmund Freud believed that religion is the institution that prevents us from acting upon our deepest and most awful desires. We're going to see a huge part of religion is it creates the norms and values um, and has like this sense of right and wrong and it's rules that govern our behavior. And let's say like if we think if we're superstitious, like karma, for instance, in Hinduism, that if I do these behaviors, if I perform this good act or this bad act, there, that's going to like impact the universe and there will be repercussions later in my life or in my afterlife. That idea prevents a lot of people from performing bad acts. Now, if you think this is all chaotic and random and you're like nihilistic, there are no repercussions. 
like perhaps people will be angry at you and like eventually the karma will be like if you are just terrible to people that like it will come back to haunt you but it's not like you do something bad and like you now have this thing in the vault of it could be god it could be a few things of like holding this and it's going to they're going to bring it forward to you if that makes sense like you do something bad and that is going to come back and it's not like the sense of you do enough bad things like people won't like you and then like there are repercussions like that action has repercussions again in your life or afterlife that is superstitious if you believe that now like you could call it faith I think people would call that if they are religious but an outsider would be like no that the universe doesn't care about those actions. You think that. And like maybe it's self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here on all possible perspectives. Within religions, you have um, a few options, I guess. If we're talking about like a supernatural higher being, God or gods or deities or spirits or whatever, um, you have monotheism, which is one God. You have polytheism, which is multiple gods. Think of like the Greeks or the Romans. Or, and that, when you say gods, like if you look at some indigenous African religions, like they're not necessarily necessarily viewing it as gods. They're like, there is a spirit of the rain, for instance, among other things. And like that, even in itself, like there are just so many options. There are really a whole bunch of religions out there. Pantheism uh, is the belief that God himself or itself is the natural universe. So like everything that you are experiencing, looking at is, it's almost, I like to think of it as in like, you are in the brain of the high being, if you will. You're looking into, when you're looking out into the universe, like you're looking into the mind of the creator. And God is in everything. So you have pantheism, but then you have panentheism. And I'm, I think that's how you pronounce it. I might be wrong. Panentheism is the physical universe is part of God, but that God is more than that. So like God is in all things, but like that's not like God is beyond that, right? God is this also outside being um, I don't want to call God a creature, but you have like the, the high being, the creator of the universe, like the mind of the universe who has created like the algorithm and the laws. And he's in things, but he's that all those things don't make up all of him. And you have animism, which is essentially like you're worshiping trees, rocks, mountains. Um, and those things have supernatural powers which like perhaps spirits in them, right? There's all like these, all these different approaches and possibilities when it comes to religion. What is it? It's humans have a belief in a higher power, I guess, a sacred higher power. And with that comes rituals and practices and values and a, a set of order 
based on their belief in the higher powers. Like there are things that come with that that are different, right? Like, so Muslims have the Quran, Christians have the Bible. They almost like view those things differently as well. Like to Christians, it's inspired by God. To Muslims, like that is the word of Allah. And it's different, but like they have a holy book. Do all religions have holy books? Not necessarily. Do all religions even have gods? And like what that, Buddhism, Buddha is not a god to them. Buddha is just a, a dude that became, like he reached nirvana due to meditation. So they don't believe in God or gods. Are they a religion? This is the set. Like, I don't know. Like that's, that's why it's so incredibly complicated. But let's look at like early humans. Early humans had a very basic understanding of the universe, as in like they're born into the world and they don't have, I guess we'll call it like a scientific understanding. When you see rain happening, we now know, well, I mean, you got the cycle of water and that's just like condensed, evaporated water, really turning into clouds, which then just turns into rain trickles out into streams, which then evaporates or rivers or evaporates again, turns into clouds. Like we understand why that is for early humans. Like they didn't test things out. They just look at something and like try to explain and understand like, well, this could make sense. And a lot of it is like, we'll call it creative narrative for their life. Their experience leads to their reality. And the reality is based on just a human brain looking at something and being like without any further knowledge because like I'm born into a world and it's humans, like science textbooks are humans figuring things out and like trying to explain it to the best of their abilities that might not be totally right. Like as in a hundred percent accurate as to what's actually happening, but they're trying to explain it with scientific reason. I have access to those and like those I've been taught these things and even like a way to look at the world. Early humans do not have that. So when they see rain falling down, they don't know why that's happening. They observe and they draw conclusions. And a lot of times there's a spiritual understanding to that. You see wind, you see rain. Like, why is the wind blowing? Well, we're sitting around and we like, we don't understand like how the universe actually works. So like, we're just guessing. And I'm not saying like these people had like the brains of five-year-olds, but five-year-olds are incredibly creative. And so you say like, why does that happen? They're like, well, it could be like a spaghetti monster and just like go into this thing, like this story. And so like they create this narrative and creating this narrative eases the tension and anxiety of how scary the world actually is. Creating this narrative creates more order. So early humans are living in the world that's a much scarier place and their experience 
they're experiencing life. It's turning into their reality, but they have a limited understanding of what they're observing. So they create stories for what's going on. I don't like, I think that's another part of like being human is we love stories. That's why some people love history so much. Like when you, when you have the hindsight of what's actually happened, let's say like World War II, like this story is like, it's good and evil, good versus evil. Where like, again, in like the nihilistic sense to that, and I'm not a nihilist, I'd like to point that out. It's like, there's no necessarily such thing as good and evil. It's just like, this happened. But like, we like to be like, it's like, again, good and evil. Like the, we're fighting the bad guy. We create that story. We create narratives to things. Like we love underdog stories. Like this idea of like fate. It was meant to be. I don't know why, but we seem to really like that. And like that, that would be something I would love to think about more. Like why do we feel the need to have a narrative for things? Things are happening. And that's different than like birds fly south in the winter. Like we can say like, yeah, with the birds flying south in the winter, like that's a, that's a scientific, we have a scientific understanding for that. But like sometimes we create stories out of this. Right? We, it's like the artistic approach of being human, I guess. We look at things and we like create meaning from them. And maybe there is meaning. Or it, and perhaps that's just being superstitious. Got to say it slow because I can't say it today. Superstitious. I, <laughs> I'm going to mess it up. Right? But we do it. If you look back, and I'm, I've gotten this information from this Perspectives book, but if, if you look back like 50,000 years ago, human, we, are, we know that humans were burying the dead. And the question would be like, why do they do that? Why have a burial of someone and it's like a ritual there are some theories like people suggest perhaps the idea of this is not the end like you are born you experience life and then when you die some part of you your soul your spirit whatever like moves on and so burying someone like prevents I don't know like we it's like protecting the body. It's like if you just leave someone out, like vultures and things are going to come and eat them. I mean, when you put them in the ground, they're going to get eaten by worms anyway. But people, experts are suggesting like perhaps even 50,000 years ago, because we are burying the dead, that implies this idea of there's an afterlife. And this book cites 30,000 years ago in the Shavat cave in France, I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, they found these scenes painted in these caves of uh, animals and abstract symbols that 
again, people believe and suggest that there's like this supernatural belief system that if they were perf- to perform rituals and like they have symbols for beliefs that if you were to perform rituals, you'll be, you'll have experience more luck in the hunt or success, which again is entirely just superstitious or it's true and like there's some weird thing going on that if I do perform this act that we're like will increase the likelihood that something will happen and like perhaps like the material way of looking that at that is is if you perform that ritual you believe that like the spirits are behind you and so therefore like you feel like you're gonna do something and there you do it like look good feel good feel good play good maybe But for early humans, I'm sure it it was legit of, hey, if we do this, like we want to reduce the anxiety of we need a good hunt because it's like, this is life or death. Again, like early humans experience a much different world than you and I are right now. Like we're living fairly comfortable compared to them. Creating this story, this narrative reduces anxiety. We have found things from a few thousand years ago, and they're like these small clay sculptures in Eurasia. And it's the female figure, and she's very curvy, I guess we'd say. And the suggestion is that it's connected to this belief that it would bring or increase the likelihood of fertility. Like it represents some spirit or deity and there are plenty of gods in multiple world religions that like they have a deity of fertility. And this one apparently was named Venus. And so like it could be a woman could pray to it, she could carry it around. Like sacrifice to it. Sacrifice that doesn't have to be an animal. But And we would look at this and we're seeing like it's early, early humans created a narrative for the world. Why? Either it's legit or it's not legit. If it's not legit, the explanation is it's just a way to reduce anxiety about a really scary world and life, which we don't really have to experience as much. And I'll even... Like from my personal experience of religion, it seems that people become much more like in tune, let's say with like prayer or religion itself when life is getting hard. Like when life is good, they're like, nice, I got it. But when life gets hard, people are like, I need to pray. Pray for guidance. Like, Why are you doing that? Is it like the blanket that we have when we were younger, like sucking on your thumb? I'm not, again, I am a Christian, so, and I pray, but I can't deny like those, these thoughts that are popping into my brain. Like, why do I do that? Do I legit think, and like to pray for like, dear God, please give me this raise is in a sense, superstitious. Is that all that you're praying for? Like, just give me this stuff, please, or protect me. 
right? Like that's not all that prayer should be about. That's my personal opinion. My personal opinion doesn't necessarily matter to you or to anyone. But it is interesting how humans are superstitious to reduce the anxiety that life brings. So characteristics of religion. We look around the world, not even, not everyone would even like say what they're doing is a religion. Sometimes it's just a part of like their daily ritual. But we as Westerners would look at this as religion. So there are quite a few characteristics that I'm just going to breeze through. Um, I'm going to look at, just give you a heads up for the remainder of this class. I'm going to try to make this like 20 minutes. We're going to look at um, data around the world or like what are the major religions? Where are they located? And then again, starting next week, we're going to dive into four religions. What can we learn from them? So characteristics of religion, a belief in a supernatural in supernatural being or beings, aka God. So there is one God, there's multiple gods, there are spirits within like God is in everything. Everything is God, which means like you are a part of God's brain, if you will. And you're like awareness becoming aware of itself. Like there's all these different things, but like this supernatural. And then the other alternative is it's all nothing means nothing. So either, and let's think of existence, either something started all of this and if you even if you think like yo it's a simulation this is all in some kid's computer in his basement like okay perhaps <laughs> i don't necessarily call him god then then the question still remains like where did that where did he come from like how did this all start and i think it goes like the narrative and it's it's called um God of the gaps, I think I read this in a book before, but pretty much saying like, if you rely on like things that we don't understand, if you're like, well, God did that. Eventually scientists figure out like a lot of things. And so God gets smaller. The need for God to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So I'm not like basing my foundation of belief on like, well, we don't know. So like must be God, but just the thought of, and this is me personally, it doesn't make like the big bang there had to have been something before that like we have to be talking about something that's like outside of linear time i suppose i don't know what that would be if there was no creator now people will have a super fancy schmancy scientific explanation for that and i like i could be on board with that like i'm very pro science it's still for me, it's like, I don't know how that could make sense. But who am I? All right, so that's a belief in a supernatural being, beings, multiple gods. Sometimes there's like tears, like Zeus was more important than other ones. Spirits in the rain, whatever else, animalism, right? All these animals and trees and other things have like spirits in them. Um, that's one characteristic. Another one is distinction between sacred and profane objects, like the cross, the Quran. There are some things that are viewed to be sacred. And then profane is more like secular. Like, no, that's just, that's just a random rock. But then other times like, no, that's, that's a special rock that has like, it's sacred, right? There like this, it has this supernatural essence to it. Religions do that. 
Religions also create ritual acts that are usually based on the sacred objects. A ritual act could be quite a few things, and depending on the religion, they're all different. Part of a ritual act is prayer. If like again, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty details of like pointing out all these different potential ritual acts. It's is it a uh, routine and if it's based around or there is a sacred object involved in that that's part of religion me doing yoga in the morning is a ritual but there's not a sacred object to it unless like the mat is or something is like super supernatural and like i like it's a connection to god or the gods Another characteristic is a moral code believed to be sanctioned by God or the gods or the supernatural beings. As in God said, like the Ten Commandments, right? Like do this, don't do this. And Freud, I believe it was, was saying like we create that so we don't do like the really dark things in our brains that we really kind of want to do. So like God says you can't do that. And like God is probably smarter than me. So I'm not going to do it. Um, characteristically religious feelings when practicing the ritual. So like you are in a performing the ritual brings about feelings like, uh, like communion. It's one that like I'm aware of, like it for people that practice that religion, like there, there are emotions that are connected to that. Prayer and other forms of communication with gods. And so like I've I've thought about like when I was younger and people were like, you need to pray. And you say, Dear God. And I'm like, Dear God. And they like tell you how to pray. It's like you know, like that was the movie Bruce Almighty where he's like responding to emails. <laughs> it's like like what is prayer? That's a deep question. Like what and it, different religions have different beliefs about it. Um, a characteristic of religion is a worldview. So that's a general picture of the world and then your place of the individual within that. So that's pretty much like what's the universe like? What does it mean to be human? Another characteristic is an organization of your life based on that worldview. So not only does... That religion have an understanding of the way the world works, what the world is, the universe, the meaning of life, and like what it means to be human. But like that belief then impacts how you live. And then finally, take that individual, turn that into collective. You have a social group bound together by these things. So we have like a shared code. And we talked before about like cultural values a lot of times are connected to religion of like what's right and what's wrong like sunday is the sabbath we don't work on sundays united states that was not always the case and so it's not they had to pick a day i guess and like for the jewish community it's saturday christians sunday the sabbath no coincidence here's another like just three characteristics of religion does it have a cosmology as in like a creation story so 
is, and that's become less prevalent as the more, I think the more developed a nation or community, society, culture, whatever becomes, they're like, well, yeah, it's a story. And the question even then is like, did the early humans who come up with these stories, and there are some like really interesting ones, like there's a Native American group, I'm forgetting the name, but like involves like a turtle and a turtle shell and like um, the Navajo um, have what, like 14 stacked plates or platters and like the lowest level is like insects and then as you get up and then at the top level you have man and there's like levels to the universe. Like, and then the question is, did these groups or do these groups actually believe that or is that just like the narrative creative way of saying like, this is how it all happened because there are so many religions and they have all these different creation stories. Either one of them's right or none of them's right. And do they even think that like they need to be right? I read a really awesome book and this guy was talking about like early, you got to think like early humans. Like they didn't think like this is literal. Even like when they're telling their history, there's a, there's a other purpose to it and it's to tell a story and like there's a message behind it. Like for Christianity, it could be like in the beginning, God, and then like everything other than that, is it literal? I don't know. I have my ideas. You can have yours. Um, the second characteristic of the three is it has a supernatural realm and supernatural beings angels this is the superstitious stuff god angels demons the devil spirits either they're there they're not like voices speaking to you and the last one rules that govern your behavior and most if not all religions definitely do do that they have a set of rules now, it's not to say, just to clarify, like you don't need a religion. You don't need to be religious to be like to have a set of behaviors. I think to like imply that would be kind of closed-minded because there are atheists who are still good people. And their like their code is not now their code is kind of could be influenced by the higher order of society, which is a foundation of really Christian beliefs. Anywho, that's really the general characteristics and qualities of religion. What are the religions around the world? Now, there are a lot. And again, if you were to ask some people, like, what's your religion? They'd be like, I don't know what you mean. So this concept of religion is really a Western way of looking at things. You, we have like major religions and minor religions. And they're like, there are so many minor, maybe we'd call them like indigenous religions that it's difficult to even really comprehend. And I think I'd like to do an episode like focusing more on the indigenous religions, like what's that like? But just for the sake of looking at the world, um, you major religions are Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity, Judaism. These are like the major religions that have won the game and they have spread out. In Asia, now, Asia Pacific makes up 
about 60% of a population. Like it's, think India and China. They have billions. So a lot, most of the people live in, in the planet live in Asia, like half compared to Africa, Europe, the North and South America and Australia. Most Hindus on this planet live in Asia. Most Buddhists on this planet live in Asia. This one's interesting. Well, not really when you think about it. Most Muslims live in Asia and then the Middle East and then Sub-Saharan Africa. Most Christians live in Europe, in North America and Latin America in Sub-Saharan Africa. There are less Christians in Asia. So when you get to Europe, it's predominantly Christian. Uh, North and South America, predominantly Christian. And in Africa, I wouldn't say Africa is predominantly Christian, but I mean, there's like really two chunks of Africa and Muslim or Christian and then indigenous religions. We'll call them indigenous religions. We can look into what that means. In Judaism, a lot of Judaism is in North America and in the Middle East. And then you have some in Europe. Not a whole lot in Asia, not a whole lot in Africa. When you look at like, let's say Africa, you're the northern part, like this, essentially like the Sahara Desert is predominantly Muslim. And then when you start to get into Central and then South Africa, that's predominantly Christian. North and South America, predominantly Christian. And I'm not saying that like non-Christian people, like Muslims definitely live in North America. Um, I found this one to be interesting, thus why I'm including it. Uh, Percentage of each religious group that lives in countries where its adherents are majority or a minority. So Hindus, 97% are living as a majority because it's a very like specific area in the planet where it's like where the Hindus are. You know what I'm saying? So you're likely to be in the majority of Hindus, pretty much India. 3% of Hindus are living as a minority. 87% of Christians are living as a majority. So like if you are a Christian, you're more than likely to be surrounded by other Christians. Like you're again, not in the minority. 73% of Muslims live as a majority. 41% of Jews lives, live as the majority. So 59% are living as the minority. So like they're more spread out. And if you are Jewish, you're more than... I'll say more than likely, it's kind of close, almost 50-50, but like you're more than likely to be living as a minority among other religions. Buddhists, tw- only 28% are living as a majority. So most Buddhists, 72% of them, where they're living, they are the minority of religion. Now, what are these religions? Like, What is Islam? What is Buddhism? They don't, they don't have a God. What's Hinduism? And they have multiple gods, but also kind of like one God made up of multiple characteristics and qualities and like reincarnation and karma. Christianity. What's up with this Holy Trinity? 
Um, I guess back to Islam, like who is Muhammad? Who's Allah? We're going to dive into four of these religions. And I'm going to do my best not to insult anybody. And really what I would like to do is not try to convert anyone into anything, but more so, what can we learn from, like what wisdom can we get from this religion? And not to say that, like if I pull something from Christianity, it's not to say like, oh, well, Islam doesn't say that. I'm just saying like, this is something that like this religion's big on, if we can call it a religion, Buddhism. And I think we can all take from that and like apply it to our lives. Now the dogma aspect of it, I don't desire to talk about like right and wrong because that's, this is a separation of church and state. We are just observing religions. But the question for today as I wrap up is what is it and why does it happen? And I think even like when I was talking this podcast, I think what I would like to think about more is like, why do humans like the narrative aspect? We like for there to be meaning. And a lot of times like we apply meaning, even like in the hindsight thing. Like World War II, good versus evil. But we just do things and then we find meaning in them later. Or why do we put meaning into things when they're happening? And this supernatural, superstitious aspect of like the baseball player who performs the same ritual prior to the game, thinking that that it's going to impact his or her performance. It's interesting. Like it, it's part of being human. I think we like we like the feeling of like planet Earth being important, somewhat important. Maybe it is. Like even if other planets exist, like maybe Earth. Maybe it doesn't mean nothing. It kind of like, I feel like when you really break it down, it's up to two options. Either this means something or this means absolutely nothing. And if this means something, then what does that mean? How does this mean anything? There are so many different interpretations and narratives on this means something. And perhaps I think the other side would say like, you just say that to reduce the anxiety, if you will, of this meaning nothing. Cause if this means nothing, then it's like, dang, <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I doing anything? At least that's again, if you were like someone is nihilist could still think there's, well, I, I don't know if you're like not, if you're an atheist, you could still think there's like meaning behind life. But then 
I don't know. If you, I get, yeah, you're an atheist and you think there's meaning behind life, but there's no God. And like you live, you, you're born, you live, you die. And like, that's it. But there's meaning. My question to that would be like, why is there any meaning then? And I would love to have conversations like, what's the meaning then? So I guess there's three options, really. Option one, you're born, you live, you die. It meant absolutely nothing. Option two, you're born, you live, you die. That's it, but it meant something. Option three, I guess like you were created. Maybe we want to like twist, but you're born, you live, you die. That might not be the end. It meant something. And there was meaning to all of that. Like there was a purpose to it. Isn't it like pre-willed purpose? From some higher being created this. Religion's an interesting thing, right? And then it's not even like the organization of religion. And that's like something entirely of, on its own. When you got a bunch of humans coming together, like, and they've created this organization, it's almost like functioning like a business. It's culture, like being passed down. And like, you're told these things and you're told that like God exists and all that stuff, right? Like the organization of religion, but like on an individual level, thinking about it, higher beings and meaning behind life and like sacred objects and like prayer and I don't know I guess to each his or her or their own we're all just trying to figure it out as we go all right next week we're diving into Buddhism I just picked that on the spot we're gonna do Buddhism And that is class and the bell is ringing.